Well, a very good morning to you. You're very welcome along to the gardening show. Pork is here in studio. Keep your questions coming in to us. 087-941-41 with thanks to Nature Safe, kind to nature and great for your garden. Trees has taken the calls to 0818-3055 and gardening at midwestradio.ie. Before we start, I meant to say this to you earlier when we were talking earlier, Pork, um, during the week, a lot of people were delighted. I was talking to people, they were delighted it was back. But you know what the big thing they were talking about was the bulbs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I always, I'm in that point uh, when I see the bulbs coming into the garden centre, it's really signals the start of autumn. And gardening, as we always say, it's about that sowing and, and reaping principle. You know, what we, we sow now, we reap in the spring. So the planting of the tulips and daffodils and crocuses and snowdrops. And the point I, I was making last week in particular, A, the ground conditions are absolutely brilliant for planting. I was planting uh, some wallflowers this week myself in the garden and the the soil conditions, I was amazed that they're, they're, you know, even with the drop of rain we had last weekend, Viv, it didn't, we still actually need more moisture. The soil conditions are very good for planting at the moment. But the planting of bulbs, and I was chatting about people in particular that planted wildflowers, mm-hmm. they're beginning to go out of flower now, the seed is beginning to fall, you will be cutting them back all the wildflowers in the next week or 10 days once the seeds have dropped and it's a great time of year to actually introduce bulbs into those areas because you'll have the snowdrops flowering just before Christmas, the winter aconites which is a lovely bright yellow flowering plant um, that comes into flower just above the middle of December uh, followed then by the snowdrops, followed by the crocuses, the fritillarias, and then right into the daffodils, the miniature and taller daffodils and narcissi, then later in the spring. But this is the time of year. And I always love to see children planting bulbs because they're very tactile. When you're planting a bulb, you're planting a three-year-old plant, so it is going to grow. If you pick good, big, fat, plump bulbs, they're going to have the flower bud already formed. They're going to come into flower next spring. And children just love to see that process over the winter period. What happens to the seed of the wild? Uh, you know, when they're, 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 they're the wild flowers. Wild flowers, they, yeah. What happens when they're dying back? Does the seed just... Yeah, as in as in nature, I mean, this is the time of year where nature is sowing its own seed. So oh. if you think about if you think about many of the burying plants, so the blackberries are are producing their fruit at the moment. Why? Yeah. Because the the birds, the badgers, the foxes, we ourselves will come and pick those berries, and that's dispersing the seed everywhere. Or the seed inside the berry. The seed inside the berry. That's the, the function of any fruiting plant. So an apple. It's not there because of our benefit. It's there because it, 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 seeds, yeah. it the seed is in the centre. Yeah. And so nature is producing its own seed through fruiting plants, but also through the actual seed. So, for example, beech trees will have seed in, in, on the beech trees. Uh, many of our wildflowers will be producing their seed at the moment. And the first little bit of rain or a little bit of wind, that start, that's cast, it's blown by the, the wind and it disperses into areas and they'll actually start to germinate even over the winter period. You'll see with the temperatures we have generally in September and October and particularly this year, the temperatures are so warm. People will see it in their own gardens, lots of little bits of weeds popping up. They're essentially wildflowers that are beginning to germinate. They, they, they then stay green for the winter and then come into growth in the spring. But many wildflowers don't flower, don't come into bloom until June through to September. Yeah. So I always advocate planting some spring flowering bulbs or winter flowering bulbs at this time of year just to add to the colour so you get that longer period of flowering in your wildflower area. And I was down at the foot cult during the week there and it was this big tall tree and it had berries on it and they were like, like they actually looked like blueberries you'd buy in the in the shop. Okay. But it, could, it's a, it's a, it could be a damson if they're damson. purple. 
if they're purple, a purple in purple, colour, it's yeah. probably a damson that you're seeing, the wild you damsons. Them? Absolutely. Well, they're used more for tarts or, or jams or, or wine. chutneys. Well, wine are great, you know, yeah. putting, yeah. they used to put, put them into them as well. Too. Damsons. Uh, damsons, they create that lovely Ribena colour in, yeah. in any sort of, of drinks. Um, so they could be damsons. Plums are fruiting at the moment. We chatted about them last yeah. week. And many people, they'll have their fruiting plants are beginning to ripen now. So check your apples every week. As soon as you can clasp them, turn them, uh, and they come away in your hand, they're ready to, to, to harvest. Wrap them up in newspaper and you'll store them for the winter. Um, so you, you, you were chatting about plums last week and the drying of plums, and that's a great way to store them. And remember, many uh, fruiting plants, Viv, if you're not using them, they'll actually freeze very well over the winter period. But also September is the time for the planting of fruit trees. So if you haven't fruit trees in your garden, this is actually the month to get them into the garden soil. And particularly today, it's going to be a really good day for planting, the planting of plants uh, because soil conditions are ideal. We're promised some good heavy rain tomorrow. It's actually wanted. Dare I say it? I know. And the, the sort of things that I'll be doing today is feeding the lawn. So if you if you want to green up the lawn for the winter, then apply the fertilizer today because the rain is coming tomorrow. And we tend to put on an autumn lawn feed at this time of year just to green up the grass. It doesn't actually make it grow. It just gives it a lovely rich green colour. And the fertilizer are designed in the autumn to feed very, very slowly through the winter. The other piece of advice uh, I, I do this today if possible would be to get the, the zero lawn liquid on as well you know moss is always a problem through the winter nipping in the bud at this time of year in early September you put it on now absolutely yeah. get it on today if you can the lovely thing about it is it again helps to green up the grass and give it a nice rich green colour if you want to plant some bulbs in your lawn again th- this weekend would be ideal or for people that are putting in new lawns so if you're, if you're ready to sow the seed in a new lawn, a new housing area, or you need to repair an area of the lawn, it's an excellent time of year, September, for the sowing of lawn seed because it germinates at 10 degrees Celsius and we're up at 14, 15, 16 degrees. 22 today. Well, there you go. So yeah. the temperatures are absolutely perfect for putting in lawns. So look after your lawn. Keep trimming the lawns. Again, this time of year, it's a great time to start a compost heap. So if you don't have a compost area in your garden, then start in the autumn because if you start now, the compost will be ready in February and March of next year. So you're using the winter period to create really good garden compost and so much of our household waste can be used in your composting. So shredded newspapers. Give me newspaper- some examples there. Well, please. shredded newspapers, for example, yeah. shredded, shredded magazines, um, eggshells, tea bags, tea leaves, any green material that you're using, so fruit peelings or rotting fruit or anything that's organic in nature that will decompose, you can use from the from that from your household. Mix that through grass. You're going to be cutting the grass for the next four weeks. So use that. And of course we're coming into the time of year where autumn and the leaf trees are going to give so much leaf litter that you can can use in your compost. And really the trick with making good compost is to use different materials. So don't use, use all leaves or all grass or all household waste. And blend the, the mixtures together, the, the various materials together, because that increases the amount of oxygen getting into the compost heap and it accelerates the breakdown of that compost. Use a little bit of garotto. So garage is a, a special mix you get in any local garden centre. Use a handful of that when you're applying each layer of compost and that again helps to accelerate. We want the bacteria to get into the compost to help the the, um, the breakdown of yeah. all the materials and uh, make sure that you keep heavy rain. So ideally a compost bin or cover your compost area with some polythene just to keep the heavy rain out of it. Again, the weather today would be ideal for the planting of vegetable plants 
and the plants that are available at the moment are things like there's a lovely cabbage actually available look for this one it's one called pixie it's a small dwarf compact uh, variety of cabbage particularly for listeners that have tunnels and greenhouses and they want to put something into the greenhouse for the winter that's going to be compact and not take up too much space that's a cabbage variety called pixie you can plant it out of yeah. doors P-I-X-I-E. P-I-X-I-E. I'm taking P-I-X-I. that one, yeah. Um, really easy to grow. It's a cone-shaped variety and it will grow through the winter period ready for harvesting in early spring. But the plants are available in garden centres at the moment. Spinach, again, totally winter hardy, easy to grow. Purple sprouting broccoli, which produces beautiful purple spears of broccoli in early spring, totally winter hardy. All the lettuce varieties, so there's about three varieties or four varieties of lettuce. These are in plants about six inches high. You'll get in your local garden centre, plant them into the garden soil now. And you can use that lettuce right through the winter period. So you're picking it on a regular basis. So if you plant it today, for example, within three to four weeks, you'll be able to start to use that lettuce. Just taking what you need, allowing it to continue to grow on. Um, So lots of vegetables that can be planted uh, both in plants but also the seed and I touched on that last week the temperatures at the moment are absolutely perfect broad beans peas uh, Swiss chard beetroots radishes they all can be sown from seed at this time of year so they're the type of things I would be doing Um, a little bit of pruning back as well apple trees as you're harvesting the apples from the trees prune back the stems I know the leaves are still on the trees but prune them back that helps to uh, force the plants to produce flower buds for next spring it's always a good idea to do that September is also a brilliant time Viv to have get some plants for free the way, the way you do that is by taking cuttings. So many of our garden plants are perfect for taking cuttings. So things like hypericum, hydrangeas, buddleias, fuchsias, for example, roses even at this time of year, hedging plants, if you want to propagate some hedging plants. September is a brilliant month. I did, did uh, I took some cuttings of parahebe myself about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. I checked them yesterday. They've already rooted. Wow. I, I rooted them in the veggie pod. We might go out actually and do something. We'll like do that. something yeah. for for next weekend. I'll show you some of of things to do. But September is a brilliant month for you know if you've got a favourite plant in the garden that you really really like, or you, or maybe in a neighbour's garden or somewhere locally, yeah. get a few cuttings. They're really easy to root at this time of year. Or you want cuttings pencil length, pencil thickness. Strip off the leaves apart from one at the top. Dip it in some rooting powder. Slip it into perlite, which you get again in your local garden centre, or a mixture of perlite and compost. Put five or six into a pot, cover it with a polythene bag, and they'll root within four to maybe six weeks at this time of year. And you'll have nice young plants. And just keep, for planting them in, up. keep them in for the winter. And then well, uh, them yeah, I, I put them in the veggie pot, which is basically a kind of a raised bed. If you had a tunnel greenhouse, perfect. Uh, maybe on your windowsill somewhere at home. Yeah. But many cuttings will actually root out of doors as well. So if you've got a little raised bed or you've got maybe a container that's fairly deep, that's eight or nine inches deep. Oh, container, A yeah. container would be yeah. ideal with yeah. good drainage. Put the perlite and the compost in. Cover it a polythene bag once you have the cuttings taken. And you can pack them in really close together. So in a pot, in a standard black pot, yeah. uh, shrub pot, you'll fit a dozen cuttings, maybe t- up to 20 cuttings, no problem whatsoever. So and you can then put them transplant in them in the... Transplant them once they've rooted. Once yeah. you tug on them, you know, that's how to test them. If you give them a bit of a tug, the fact that they've actually produced their roots, they'll give a little bit of resistance and you'll know they've rooted. Or just leave them to the springtime and you can plant them out. What are they? I brought two plants into you. Okay. Um, two autumn plants. So there's some lovely plants in flower. I did a, a little video in my own garden this week just to promote the programme today. I was showing people the Rudbeckia. Rudbeckia called Black-Eyed Susan, which is in full flower at the moment. It's absolutely gorgeous. But it's covered in butterflies and I've never seen a year 
this September in particular, the amount yeah. of butterflies that yeah. are out at the moment is incredible. So anything that's flowering at the moment, particularly single flowering plants like the Rudbeckia, Nepeta, Lavender that's still in flower, the, the, the butterflies are all over them and the bees and, and the bumblebees are very active at the moment with the with the temperatures we're having at the moment. And the thing I haven't noticed myself in, in the garden are the wasps. Yeah. I haven't seen them yet. Why is that? Or very little of them. Mm. I don't know why. They're, they're obviously still foraging. They forage on on pests, on aphids and greenfly, and there's lots of those around and caterpillars still around at the moment. So it's, it's a very unusual autumn period. But two plants to feature. One is a grass you know the lovely pampas grass that comes into flower I for do, the autumn? Yeah. There is a, a dwarf variety of that, a little one called mini pampas. So it only grows to about four feet. It still produces the brilliant big white flowers of the traditional pampas grass. The traditional variety grows anything up to two metres, two and a half metres in height. So it can be quite tall and quite bulky. But if you want a small compact plant, look for that one. Cortideria or is the botanical name for pampas. And this is one called mini pampas. It's available in plants at the moment. If you plant it, it'll flower this year, but it'll flower every year after that. And it makes a lovely compact plant. Brilliant for seaside areas, um, very good in windy areas, very tolerant of salt winds, but it only grows to four feet and beautiful flowering plants. That's mini pampas. And what about this one? This is a plant called heavenly bamboo. Oh, look. Isn't it the autumn colour? So this is Nandinia or heavenly bamboo is, is the common name for it. Uh, again, you'll get it in your local garden centre at the moment. The, it, I grow it in the garden simply because of the colour. It's evergreen. Yeah, yeah. It produces green foliage during the summer, but at this time right. of year, it starts to turn a brilliant burnt orange colour. So it's called heavenly bamboo. Um, easy to grow. In diameter, it'll grow about a metre, maybe one, 1.2 metres in diameter. And it'll grow to about four feet again, very similar to the mini, oh. mini pampas grass. So a nice, chunky plant, but a great splash of colour during the autumn. And there are many plants like the Heliborus, the, winter, the Christmas roses that are coming into flower this time of year. Asters that are given lovely colour at the moment. So great time of year to pop into your local garden centre for some good autumn colour. If you're hanging baskets and window boxes, Teresa was saying to me this morning that hers are looking a little bit sad. So it's it's time to replant the autumn hanging baskets, window boxes, containers in general. So things like winter pansies, violas, cyclamen, they all can be used for a bit of colour. And again, when you're planting, when you're planting those, introduce some uh, spring bulbs as well. Some dwarf tulips, dwarf daffodils, they can be used in containers. So if you want to add that, continue the colour, I suppose, from now right through to the spring of next year, then uh, there's lots of really fabulous autumn colour. Um, things like cucaras, think, things like the lovely uh, ornamental kales, they're in the cabbage family, but they're grown for their lovely foliage and leaf colour that intensifies Autumn and winter flowering heathers are fabulous at the moment. And, um, of course, the cyclamen, the little dwarf yeah. cyclamen. So any of those can be planted now just to continue that colour through until the through the winter and into spring of next year. OK, then we're going to come back and do a load of questions. Okay. All right, so, but I'm going to take a very quick break. We'll talk to you the other side. Keep the calls coming in 087-900-4141. But thanks to Nature Safe, kind to nature and great for your outdoor nature. 
Now, let's get straight to the questions. What can you grow in a tunnel? Paul's been on and he's wondering, what can you grow in a tunnel at this time of the year now? And it's one of the great things about having a tunnel or a greenhouse because it gives that protected environment, Viv, for the growing of so many plants. So many of the vegetables I mentioned already, the pixie cabbage, definitely get that in there. Spinach would be ideal and all the lettuce varieties. But also, Paul, sow the seeds. There's lots of seeds that you can sow at this time of year because you don't want everything harvesting or coming together at the one time. So the planting of plants and the sowing of seed is really an excellent idea. In about a week's or 10 days' time, you'll also get uh, in your local garden centre the Japanese onion sets. They'll be available about the last week of September. They, they're simply bulbs that you plant into the garden soil, both red and um, golden varieties, and they produce beautiful scallions for Christmas, but also full-size bulbs for next uh, spring. And if where you've got a, the situation where you've got a tunnel and some area space outside, my advice is always to plant plants in, in the tunnel, but also plant outdoors as well, because you have then plants coming on at different times and and, uh, maturing at different times. Use the tunnel as well for the propagation of lots of cuttings, the sowing of seeds. So there are many seeds you can sow now, like for example, sweet peas. During the week I was sowing some candy tuft and some cornflowers myself and some English marigolds um, from seed. Put them into the tunnel for the for a couple of weeks and they'll germinate and, and grow on. And you can also use the tunnel for potting up some bulbs. So if you're not if you don't know where you want the, the bulbs to, to you know to, to flower next year, you can simply just put them into pots, leave them in the tunnel for the winter, and then plant them that whole container out in early spring. So use your tunnel. You can also grow things like um, uh, grapes, grapevine. Plant a grapevine or a, or a peach tree or a nectarine in your tunnel. Now that's a permanent fixture. Once you've planted it, it's going to be there forever. Uh, but you get beautiful grapes. A great example is, is the Museum of Country Life. They have a beautiful grapevine growing in the lean-to greenhouse um, and it does really well. But they do fantastic in tunnels as well. Okay, now lots of coarse weeds in my lawn. What to do, please? Okay, so lawns, and this is a, a really good time of year in September uh, to control broadleaf weeds in general in the lawn. So if you've Things like daisies and dandelions and clover, uh, which lots of lawns have. They've obviously finished flowering for this year, so now is a good time to apply. Something like the Dicofar works very effectively. Again, a dry day like today, simply mix it up in a washing can or a sprayer, apply it to the lawn area. It'll control any broadleaf weeds without affecting the grass. And if you've got any bare patches on the lawn, this is a great weekend to seed those areas. Mix a little bit of lawn seed with some compost, brush it into the area, and that'll germinate in the next two to three weeks. Now, a listener has a large area that I want to sow a new lawn this autumn. The area is full of weeds and wild grass and too difficult to dig out before I sow the seed. Okay. What do you recommend I use uh, I use to clean? I want to clean the area of okay. weeds before sowing. And what lawn seed ty- ty- type do you recommend as well? Uh, well, if you want a good <coughs> hard-wearing lawn seed, probably the best one is one called green velvet. So green velvet is a mixture of different varieties of lawn seeds that tend to be mainly creeping and hard-wearing. So they're brilliant if you're, the children want to play football on them or you've got pets or whatever. So it gives a lovely fine lawn, but green velvet is very, very hard-wearing. And it's a low variety of grass, which means if you're away for a couple of weeks on holidays, when you come back, it, it's not too vigorous. It doesn't grow too tall. So look out for that one, green velvet. Um, in terms of cleaning the area, the best thing to use, and again, a dry day like today, uh, use something like the Weed Free 360. Apply that over the entire area. That'll get rid of any grasses or rubbish or weeds that are there before you till the soil. Uh, my advice is to firm down the soil. So the, so the weed killer will take about seven days to work. Cultivate the soil. Firm it back down. Take out any stones and debris. Put in a preceding fertiliser, something like the Osmo Pro 6, and then put on the green velvet lawn seed. And you'll have a terrific lawn by the end of October. 
Wow. You'll probably have a cut. You'll probably give it his first cut, yeah. Ah, stop. Now, yeah. I've got quick fire questions what, here. All right, okay, because we've got so many. Uh, what's the best time to divide flax? Flax, do it now. Simply cut back, cut back the top of the flax by half, dig up the clump, split it with a sharp spade and replant. What do you do with lupins this time of the year? Well, believe it or not, my lupins are still in flower simply because I've deadheaded them all the way through since May, just taken off the old seed head. So I'm going to still enjoy them for, for another couple of weeks yet. For most people, if you haven't cut them back, if you haven't cut off the old flowering heads, do that now. So trim off any flower, flower heads, just tidy them up and leave them alone and they'll be perfect. They'll be beautiful again next Spring, okay, a laurel hedge is one year old. When do I cut it back? Trim back the tops, Will. I mentioned this last week. So newly planted hedges, be it laurel, grisolinia, scalonia, fuchsia, whatever you're putting in, and this is the time to be planting hedging, trim back the tops of it. So it's one year old. So just take literally one or two inches off each of the plants, Fiv. So even it off to take a, a, a uniform height overall. So say, say it has grown 18 inches and, and two feet in spots. Take it all back to maybe you know, 17 inches type of thing. So yeah. on some plants, you might be taking three or four inches. On others, you might be only taking an inch. Even the entire hedge back, uh, trim the sides as well. Take any weeds that might be at the base of it away. Don't feed it at this time of year. Leave the feeding over to the spring to time. So just really tip it back. And the reason we do that is to encourage a nice bushy shape. Yeah. Because if it's left without trimming, it's going to get leggy. And in general, this is the month to start trimming hedges. So as we come into September, trim back laurels and grisolinia and hedges in general, uh, copper beech as well. I have a two there about cutting back. Uh, one, well, one I've got a holly bush. Can you cut that back? Well, remember that hollies are producing their berries at the moment. The answer is you can cut them back, but you're going to be taking the berries off them. So my advice really would be to leave the holly alone, enjoy the berries for the winter and cut it in the springtime. Springtime. Okay. And uh, now what else? Uh, I've, my first time to grow lavender, quite big. Can I cut it back or take cuttings now? You can take cuttings from lavender, a great plant to propagate from cuttings. Again, take them um, a little bit shorter than pencil length, so, you know, roughly about maybe four to six inches in length. Strip off the leaves, take off any flowers. Again, put them into the rooting powder. You'll get that in your local garden centre. Take about a dozen cuttings and pop them into the perlite. Uh, cover them with poly- a polythene bag, sit them on a windowsill and they'll in about four to six weeks' time. And this is a good time just to trim back lavender. Don't cut it too severely. Just trim it back by about a third. So you're removing all the old flowers, old faded flowers and some of the foliage and you're just tidying it up for the winter. Can I still feed hydrangeas uh, at the moment? Elaine wants to know. Elaine, you, they're still in flower and they're going to flower for another month. So certainly, Elaine, I would give them a liquid feed rather than a granulated feed. So give them a liquid feed now. Can I transfer a conifer now? It depends what, what the conifer is, um, but it, autumn is the time for moving evergreens in general. So conifers or evergreen shrubs in general, this would be an excellent month to do that. Um, some transplant really well, and it depends on the age of the conifer as well. So, for example, if it's Lelandii, they don't transplant very well. Yeah. Uh, they're poor to transplant, whereas other conifers, uh, so maybe if the listener maybe Send us in a picture of yeah. the actual conifer, WhatsApp it in, or send me the name of it. But in general, this is a really good time. Okay, and I know that does the, you can trim the Leilandia as well. You can trim Leilandia at this time of year, but don't cut them severely. So just just prune them back. Make sure that you're you're cutting into you're leaving some young wood for yeah. it to reshoot again in the springtime. Otherwise, which you could do it'll a, just a get general a, tidy just get, up. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Otherwise, they'll just you know, become oh, absolutely. transparent. If you, yeah, yeah. if you cut them too severely, they won't reshoot again. Right, okay. Roses still have black spots even though I sprayed them earlier in the year. 
Roses, yeah, well, look at the roses that were coming, uh, were coming into the, the twilight period for the roses in terms of flowering. I mean, yes, they'll flower for another month or six weeks, but I wouldn't be overly uh, worried about a little bit of black spot and disease on them at the moment. Just enjoy the roses. Continue to deadhead them. The leaves will fall off around the middle or towards the end of October okay, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, you know just enjoy them keep them tidy really for the winter and then we we talk about pruning them back in a couple of weeks time and how to prune okay. them back uh, can you transport hostas at the moment yeah it's actually even though hostas are still very green uh, well they're going a, a little bit tatty at the moment going a little bit uh, yellow and so on but this would be an excellent time to actually transplant them because soil and today I would do it today before the soil gets too wet so what you do with the hostas cut the foliage get your hedge trimmers out, cut the foliage back to six inches from the top of the soil. So remove pretty much all the foliage, dig up the clump of hosta, split it in two or three pieces and replant it again. It's a great time for prop, for transplanting them. Hi, Porik. Uh, my pear tree is laden with fabulous pears. How do I get them to ripen now? Can you Patience. <laughs> well, you can't take them off. No, the no, 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 no. Pears no. are pears. Pears, depending on the variety, but yeah. uh, the most common variety is conference, which is a very, very, very hard pear. Um, and it must be left until November to ripen. It really needs the cold oh. autumn, nearly frosty weather before it'll ripen. Uh, there are other varieties like Williams Bond Cheating that ripen early, but it's still too early for pears. So pears, you leave on the tray well into late and October. birds get early. them are? Well, they generally won't go near them because they're so hard. They're so tough at the moment. So, uh, now, if you're worried about the birds, or particularly as they're beginning to ripen, cover them with a little bit of netting. I'd focus more on the apples at the moment, the harvesting of apples, plum trees, um, you know, blackberries, uh, blueberries, those sort of things need to be so picked. leave them alone Leave the, the pears. Okay. Yeah, it's great uh, to hear them. Mare's tail, it's coming in around a young hedge. Any ideas how to treat it, or can you treat it? Uh, well, I have actually growing amongst uh, a grislinia hedge and I took out the hoe <laughs> and the I just hoe. hold them out. Uh, now that's not going to get rid of them but it certainly reduces the vigour in, 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 uh, of mare's tail. You don't want to be spraying with for mare's tail around a young hedge. You'll do some damage there. So what I would do, Tony, is just get out your garden hoe, get the wolf garden to, to hoe. It's my favourite uh, garden instrument yeah. and, and uh, brilliant. And a day like today would be ideal. Just go out and scuffle, scuffle the, uh, the mare's tail and just let it die back. Now here's one, I, I don't know if you'll we'll, we'll be able to answer it, but it's been a great year for apples, but yeah, lots of them have scab. What can I do next year to prevent it from happening again? Yeah, no, scab is... scab is I a, like scabby apples. Do you, yeah? Yeah, because they're, like the, they're sweeter, okay. aren't they? Back in the day, we used to, you can't get them now, obviously, but back in the day. You know, like when you can't get them in a shop because no, they no, wouldn't no, pass no. the quality control. that's the problem with, yeah. with the shop-bought apples. They're too perfect, yeah. and you have such a limited range. I mean, it's always the same, the Granny Smiths and the Golden pink Delicious ladies. and Pink Ladies. But it's a very limited choice, whereas you were chatting this morning about 87, 87 different varieties. Yeah. And if you grow your own apples, you can grow so so many beautiful varieties like Egmont Russet, which is my favourite apple. The, outs, the skin of it is like sandpaper. But the inside of it, it, it's really nutty and, and solid apple. Um, so scab is, is, it's a bit like scab on potatoes. It's, a, it's really only on the flesh, on the outside Surface, of the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not going to do it. Now, they're not, it, where you have apples that have scab, they don't store particularly well. So they should be et straight away or used straight away. And the scab doesn't, it's only skin deep. So it doesn't affect the flavor and it doesn't affect the, 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 uh, the actual apple itself, apart from, uh, not allowing to store yeah. well, yeah. yeah. So, if you want to prevent it, you can use fungicides. 
So what I would do for this year, you just harvest, take the apples off and use them. Do your pruning in the winter. Once the leaves fall off the apple trees, it's a good idea to put on a little bit of winter wash and you'll get that in your local garden centre. It's a simple uh, treatment that you put on the stems and it just gets rid of the bugs and so on for the winter. And then coming into the spring of next year, if you use products similar to what we use on roses, like Rose Clear, Rose Rescue and your apples, you'll help to prevent apple scab. Okay. So it's, a, it's just a, it's a, it's a normal fungal disease that comes on the apples you know I generally don't bother spraying yeah. I just you know the odd apple is yeah okay now what spray can be used on ivy spreading across the back garden John well remember John first of all think about ivy so ivy is I always think of it as a medicinal plant because uh, farmers will tell you that if they release cattle into into a, an area where there's ivy it's the first, they'll, they'll, they'll forget about the grass and they'll go straight to the ivy. There's something in ivy. Bees absolutely love it. I, ivy comes into flower in the autumn. So it'll be actually coming into flower now in the next number of weeks. And it's one of the last plants that bees actually forage on. They take the ivy syrup and they bring it in, the nectar, and they bring it in and they feed on that in the winter. So there's something in ivy. So it's a medicinal plant in my view. So, and it's also a great site for nesting birds. Pigeons feed on the berries. Um, so I'm making a strong case to leave the ivy alone. I have ivy growing, for example, on my garage yeah. at home, and I have about 15 or 16 different families of birds that, that nest in it every springtime, so I don't touch it. I, I, I trim it back once they've left. Yeah. Apart from that, I leave it alone. So unless you have to get rid of it, um, I'd leave it in situ if you can. Um, it, it does no harm. To, to, to the wall and whatever and you can trim it particularly after the nesting period it can be trimmed back uh, brilliant for bees brilliant for pigeons brilliant for wildlife in general if you must get rid of it the way to, to do it is to, to cut it just above ground level or soil level just cut the stem and the stem on ivy is actually quite brittle it's very easy to, to cut it with a, a loppers a large loppers when it reshoots in the spring then you can put a treatment like the, the weed free 360 on it but you know I would only do that if it's a nuisance I don't know if this, this makes sense at all. To me, it does, but you might be know. Do, there's ducks on potatoes that are ready for harvesting. What's ducks that? on potatoes? What are ducks? <laughs> well, ducks are a weed. I'd say what the listener is talking about is um, potatoes produce, they, they come into flower and they produce a fruit very similar to a tomato. Well, they're in the Solanaceae family. Tomatoes yeah. and potatoes are in the same family. Yeah. Um, so we, you get this fruit on, on potatoes. People often wonder, what is it? First of all, it's not edible. It's actually poisonous oh. if they're green. Um, so don't, don't be tempted to eat it. Uh, but, but it does no harm whatsoever. And generally at this time of year, we're, I'm always asked, well, what are these berries growing on the top of the potato crop? And yeah. all they are, are are the fruits of the potatoes. It's actually where the seed is contained in the potato. So we eat the tuber, we eat the root, but actually... Uh, potatoes produce their own seed right right at the top. So I'd say that's what the listener is uh, is. Yeah. Oh well, that, I'm assuming that's yeah, what okay. it is. Well, now, I, dock yeah. dock is is weed, obviously, yeah. and it may be it may be that the docks are growing through the potatoes uh, and they're beginning to harvest them. You cannot spray anything on the potatoes to to, to yeah. kill the docks. So just dig up your potatoes and enjoy them. Now, there's a person has a, caramel. Sorry, has a rose bush, and there are still roses on it. But she's wondering, can she take cuttings? Yeah, of course you can. So what you're looking for, Carmel, is new growth that the rose produced this year. It should be going a little bit woody. Um, so, you know, so you're looking for, again, pencil length, pencil thickness, um, but, but that the, the, the stem is quite firm. And if there are any flower buds or flowers on the top of that stem, you simply just trim them off. Right, so and I would always trim the top of the shoot anyway because it tends to be soft; it'll tend to wither anyway. So prune the the the, the 
last inch or inch and a half of the stem anyway. Strip off all the leaves and again take your rose cutting, dip it into rooting powder, into the perlite and compost, into a a small pot, covered with a polythene bag and you've got yourself new roses. Okay, we're going to take a very quick break. We'll be back the other side uh, with lots more of your questions. Now my favourite part, I'm going to the WhatsApp now and all the pictures, I love all this. So let's have a look at the first one we have here. Um, can I take cuttings from white thorn hedges? No, white thorn are better sown from seed and the seed will be available. The seed will be available now in another, uh, you, know, you can pick the seed literally off the wild, wild the white thorn and sow it. Now we have a picture here. Uh, let's have a look and see where our picture is. Let's see now. Very perfect. Yeah. Okay then, we have our... Um plant here chameleon not flowered for years Uh, moved the tub five years ago still no flowers Uh, feed it every year May in Westmead now let's have a look at well first of all the plant itself is is very bushy very I I was going to say very healthy looking but it's actually there's some yellow foliage on it the pot is actually quite small May for the size of the plant so the plant must be at least four feet in height probably a metre in diameter very very bushy um, obviously doing well in the in the but but the pot is too small. So may my advice really is to move that into a larger pot. Use the ericaceous compost. You can still continue to liquid feed uh, camellias at this time of year because they're producing their flower buds at the moment for next spring. So move it into a bigger pot in ericaceous compost and continue to liquid feed for about another two to three weeks and uh, keep it watered as well, uh, camellias, because when they're producing their flower buds, they use lots of water as well. Okay, uh, good morning, Porik. Just wondering why I have a lot of snails' shells in my patio. It's on an open area and is covered. I have a few shrubs around it. Snails? Well, snails are, are you know, you're going, to, you're going to find snails at this time of year in the garden. Come in for the heat. Yeah, well. absolutely. You know, you're, you're so um, quite common, quite common at this Nothing time of year. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. Can I take all. slips from my blackcurrant bush? Yeah, an excellent time actually. How to do take, I do it? Take cuttings. Again, um, with black currants, you can actually take longer cuttings. So I mentioned pencil length and pencil thickness for everything yeah. else. But black currant cuttings should be taken, taken a foot long. Again, you're looking for wood that has ripened pretty well. Strip off the leaves. Trim back the top of the cutting by at least an inch, maybe two inches. Again, into the rooting powder. But with black currants, you can actually root them out in the garden soil. So dig a trench in the, ba- the bottom of the trench put in some of the perlite I mentioned and literally pop in your blackcurrant cuttings you can do red currants, white currants you could do gooseberry cuttings at this time of year and they all root really well leave them then in the, in the trench for the winter, just backfill the soil leave them for the winter and next spring dig them up and you've got yourself some new plants Now we have a photograph here and the question is uh, Hi Viv, can you ask Porig what is this plant? It seems to be popping up everywhere, love Anne. Now Anne, let's have a look at that. That's Malvia, so that's a Malvia plant, it's, it's obviously seeding in from other areas yeah. and the seed is germinating is the one here, is it? and growing, yeah, that's it, yeah 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 nice no. little plant. Is it a, oh it's not, a, it's not a weed? No no, no no no, when is a plant a weed Viv? I don't know when it's, in, when, it, when it's in the wrong location. I mean, every plant has a purpose and a function. It's only when it's in the wrong location. No, it's doing really well there. Okay, so plum trees and apple trees, good time to pull back? Um, to, to prune them, is it? Cut back, yeah. Oh, yeah, to prune them. Yeah, like I said, when you're taking the apples off the trees, on the apple trees, prune back the, the long, whippy growth. Plums shouldn't be pruned until next spring, until late spring, really. Yeah. So leave the plum trees until they come into leaf and then prune them back. So we're looking at the end of April, early May for plum trees. Certainly take the fruit off now. 
Good morning. Can you tell me what variety of potato this is? Oh, it's lovely to eat. Now, it's a photograph. So, describe them first. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it looks to me like a variety called Golden Wonder, which is oh, a, a long I potato. Think, yeah. Have you had them? Oh, I love them. Absolutely brilliant. Best really chipper. Fl- you can make lovely chips out of them. Beautiful flowery variety. For, I don't think they're great for boiling, but they're fantastic for chips. Yeah, they break up too much if you boil they're them. You correct, need to steam yeah. them. Um, but a beautiful dry potato stores extremely well um, and can be harvested at this time of year, but right through for, for at least another month. Okay, I think we've done this one, but what, what, when should you cut back hydrangeas? Well, hydrangeas are still in flower, so yeah, enjoy leave them, them leave them alone and, and leave the pruning until late winter, early spring. Now, here's one for you. Uh, is it a good time to cut back a Sika spruce Christmas well, tree? Yeah, Sika spruce is the, the the conifer that you'll see and planted in the forestry and, and for years was sold as a Christmas tree. But unfortunately, if you bring it indoors as a cut Christmas tree, it drops all its needles. Um, in terms of trimming it back, you can certainly do some light trimming back, a bit like the Lelandii, but nothing too severe. So you can cut it back by six or eight inches and just kind of tidy it up and put a bit of a shape on it if you want. Uh, is it okay to transplant blackcurrant bushes from pots into the ground? Yeah, now? if they're in pots, there's no problem whatsoever. And this applies to any plant, Viv. If it's in a container or a pot, um, you can simply take it out of the pot, plant it into the garden soil, and it'll be perfectly fine. Okay, that's fabulous. Let's move on to, we've done the lupins one, haven't we? Yeah, when do you plant lupins? Yeah, you've done that. Well, one, you can we? plant lupins. You can actually sow the seed from lupins at this time of year to flower next year if you want to sow seed. But you can also plant lupin plants now. They won't flower this year, obviously, but they'll come into flower for next year. Lupins are totally hardy, easy to grow, give fantastic flowers. The key tip with them is to deadhead them on a regular basis, yeah. like I mentioned, and you'll have them flowering right through the summer. We have a lot of questions on transplanting. So, strawberry plants, can you transplant? Great time, great time to move strawberry plants. So, simply just dig them up, or if they're in pots and containers, just absolutely lift them out of the soil, tidy them up, maybe trim back some of the old leaves, and plant them at least a foot apart, ideally on a, on a raised ridge. So, if you make a small ridge in the garden and plant them a foot apart, you can plant them in pots and containers as well, or window boxes do really well but a great time to transplant them now Teresa was on and she sent us a photograph but you can only open that photograph once remember the one with the trees and she was wondering oh, if yes. you cut the top off yeah. we had a look at it but it just says it's open I can't get access to it okay, well, so the, it was a range of, of um, broadleaf trees and, and the question was can, can you prune them back at this time of year and the answer is yes trim them back um, they were quite leggy they were yeah. tall and leggy uh, and, and once but by pruning them back, take it at least two feet off the tops of them oh. and off the sides yeah. and they'll reshoot again next spring and start to fill in the area yeah. and fill in the gaps. That was the problem with those yeah. ones, all right. Uh, can you tell me what's gone wrong with my laurels? A few of them have gone yellow and not growing. Uh, I have fed them with feed, uh, with feed. so any ideas? But that's well, a, let's ge- have a look here. Generally yellowing in, in laurels, Viv, well, first of all, look at the weeds around the base of it. Yeah, okay. So that's competing directly with the, with the hedge itself. So... Get rid of all the weeds so around the base. The Absolutely, the because you're wasting the feed. Any fertiliser you're putting on, you're only feeding the, the weeds. The second thing that laurel dislike is wet ground. So if the ground is uh, wet, particularly in wintertime, you'll get that yellowing in laurels and keep an eye out for that. So it may you may need to lift them during the winter and improve the drainage underneath because... Yeah. You uh, can see there now, there's another... Yeah, uh, absolutely. Look at the weeds and look at the, look at the yellowing of the foliage as well. So it looks like that area is actually too wet. And for them. say, for example, would they have put them into unsuitable ground? Well, laurels are growing generally... Anything. Yeah, yeah, obviously the better the soil, the better they're going to do. But what they dislike is soils that retain water. So the, the ground could look relatively dry at this time of year, but during the winter period, as the water table rises, uh, excessive water kills off the roots of laurel 
and yeah. you get that yellowing of the foliage. Um, so that, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Uh, morning, lads. I have an arum lily which uh, has these seed pods yeah. on it. I would like Brilliant. to sow them directly into the wild patch of ground. Can this be done here? Now, yes, your it can. So these the are the arum lilies, the calla lily. You know the beautiful white lily that you see in flower in July, yeah. August, September. They're, the pods, They're yeah. producing their seed at the moment and they, they, the flower changes into this large seed pod and the, the the seed itself are quite large. They're like they're like peas. Yeah. Now they're not ripe yet. See how green they are. Yeah. So that the seed should be left on the pods for at least another three to four weeks. Allow them to go a dark color. They'll go a brownish, blackish color. Then they're ready for sowing. But arum lily propagates really simple from seed. Uh, so collect the seed uh, in a and store it in a brown paper so about bag. About three or four weeks time. About three or four weeks time, and you can sow it then directly out of doors. The other thing you can do with calla lilies or with arm lilies is split them, a bit like the hostas. So again, wait for another four or five weeks. Dig the plant up, split it in two or three pieces, and you can propagate it into areas. And there's a plant, the arm lily, that will grow in wet soil. Yeah. So if you have a wet, damp area in the garden, it's it absolutely loves yeah. it. Ask Porik, what is this plant? Now, describe it first. Would okay, you have so, any idea? So, it's an indoor plant. Um, it's, it's one of... The, sorry, I'm... Uh, yeah, I'm so it's, it, it's an indoor plant. It's one of the urn plants, Viv. It produces these kind of lovely purple foliage. With a, see the centre? Yeah. has that lovely urn like shape cup, to it. it? Yeah. Like, like, a, like a cup, yeah. What's like that a, for, a, the cup? Is it just water? For water. You put yeah. a little bit of water into the centre of that. Um, just an easy, in, interesting plant to grow indoors just for a bit of foliage colour. Uh, can you pick wildflower seeds from them now and set them? Yeah, a great thing to do. So yeah. this, so this a listener is asking about taking wildflowers, taking the seed off their existing wildflowers and sowing them. Now, nature will do that anyway. The seed that the um, seeds will generally fall and cast in an area. But if you want to pick particular seed off a particular wildflower, say you've got lovely poppies or you've got um, the lotus flower or something that's particularly nice in the garden that you want to take seed from. This is the time of year to collect the seed. You can cut the stems, put them into a, a large brown envelope, turn them upside down. The seed will fall into the bottom of the envelope after two or three weeks and you can simply cast that seed anywhere you want it to to flower. If the seed is very small, so for some varieties like poppies, the seed can be quite small. You can mix it with some sand and brush it into a or, or, or spread it into an area. But an excellent time of year. But do, do remember to plant some of the bulbs as well. I'm going to paraf- paraphrase this question from Cliff because it's a long question. So he's heading south for the and he wants to do something with his beds to leave them secure for the winter, right? Okay. So just leave them with weeds and weed them next year. Should he put cow manure on them? Should he put mulch on them? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a great question. Yeah, and, and people are lifting their potatoes at the moment or their carrots or whatever. And rather than leaving the ground fallow, what you can actually do is sow a crop of green manure. So green manure is seed that you buy in your local garden centre. It's available at the moment. You rake the soil off. You sow the green manure. The green manure grows over the winter period. It suppresses any weeds that might think of growing. Yeah. And secondly, you can dig uh, Cliff can dig this back into the soil then uh, in springtime and that start for next year. it adds nutrition. So plant some green manure seed. Here's one for you now, I don't know, can you mix dicafarlone weed killer with the zero lawn moss to make life a bit easier? <laughs> is, that, well, is that a job? Uh, the answer is you can but you're using different dilution rates so it, it'll get a bit tricky. Yeah. So my advice really would be I would put the zero on first because it'll give the lawn a lovely greening and then put on the dicafar and a day like today is absolutely Ideal, perfect. Yeah for doing it. 
Now, I've had a pear tree for several years that has never fruited. Do I need to plant a companion tree? I don't know what variety it is. Any suggestions, please? Thank you from Mary. Yeah, they're, be- they're better. Some some varieties are self-fertile, like conference can, can produce its own um, seed. But uh, to be honest, all fruit trees are better planted um, in, in groups, at least two or three uh, varieties, uh, different varieties mixed together. So my advice is really to plant... A, uh, Williams Bond cheating is probably one of the best pollinators so I would go for that one um, and plant it and pears take a couple of years to fruit anyway Viv so it's not unusual for a young tree not to bear fruit yeah, to take its time it does. it does well look time is moving on for us there um, just let's recap on what people should be doing this week and then we'll uh, well look at it it's, it's about taking advantage of the weather today in particular so get out get the lawn trimmed get it fed if you do need to do weed control then get on the dike afar and it is time to be put on the zero lawn liquid the planting of vegetable plants, in particular the ones I mentioned, the pixie cabbage and all of those, you know, the planting of plants, great time to do that. Taking of cuttings, the sowing of seed of so many plants, the lupins, the sweet peas can all be sown from seed at this time of year. The planting of bulbs, get the children out this weekend, get some crocuses and tulips. You know, they're cheap to buy, they're great fun for planting and you can plant them anywhere, literally. Um, and start a compost heap, Viv. This is a perfect and weekend. Cutting back seems to be the team. Well, trimming back yeah. and tidying up in general. Plants that are beginning to go out of flower. Like I, uh, yesterday, I cut back my the lavateria, the mallow in my own garden. It was beginning to go out of flower and just to tidy it up. So things that are going out of flowers, you can certainly start putting them to bed. But a great time of year for dividing plants as well, as the listener yeah. asked about the hosta. Terrific time. And we're going to be going out and about during the week, aren't yeah, we? So yeah. for next week's programme, we're going to actually go out. And a lot of things we talked about, the taking cuttings and the planting up for autumn colour. I'm actually going to do a demo oh, for you and we'll record that and play it next weekend. Alright, lovely stuff. Alright, thanks. Thanks to Teresa on the phones. Thanks to each and every one of you for your requests and your dedications and your questions and we'll talk to you again next Saturday morning just after 9am.